This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Do you want to learn how to optimize your performance through spirituality? I have an amazing workshop coming up on August 17th, and it's free workshop. You can join online, and I'm going to dive deep in understanding and sharing with you principles on how to truly create effortless action, which leads to effortless success, how to get out of the trap of the grind and the hustle, how to get out of the trap of thinking you have to work harder, trading your time for money, and how you have to put more effort in to make more money. I'm going to share a whole different reality and a whole different experience that I've done personally, and I've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs do the same thing. So in order to register for this workshop, please go ahead and check the show notes and you'll see in the show notes right on the top, I have the link to register for the workshop. There will be a replay available for 72 hours after. So make sure you register to join me live on August 17th. Look forward to seeing you then. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Vic and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment. Excited to have you on as each week we interview someone to elevate our mind, our consciousness, and help us to play bigger and better in this game called life. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Mark Weissman, and he is a modern day, I am going to mess this up, an Ufanard, Ufanar, um sworn. Uh, basically, he, he is, um, he's been sworn to his ancestral god, Odin in Asgard by the Norse legends. And he'll dive more deep into this stuff as he shares his story. Uh, but he, he's a shaman, in other words, but I'm going to share this in a minute. But he, what a great conversation. Uh, the takeaway from this, um, I love this energy. I love what we talked about. It really was breaking down the labels, breaking down the elements of what we've created in our life to label something. And when we take away the labels, we get more to the truth. And it's just fascinating because 
in society, I've talked about this before in my own on, our, on the podcast alone, how labels divide us, labels take away from the essence of what it is. And he really done an excellent job of just breaking this down and so much uh, more because we talked about the belief to feel whole, how to follow that. We talked about, you know, again, ritualistic. We got into religions and talked a little about religions and so forth. Um, we talked about how we migrated from different where culture, where diets came from um, and how it's all regional. Religions are all regional. And we got into, you know, again, God and the perception of God and so much more. Um, really, really deep, really awesome conversation. I really appreciated this guy so much. Um, but before I get into the episode, let me tell you a little bit about him. So Dr. Mark, like I said, he's a modern day uh, Ufanar sworn to his ancestral god Odin in Ashgard by the Norse legends. As a former pastor with the Christian church, he has studied extensively throughout the world and by becoming an indigenous shaman, arriving at his cultural, spiritual home of the Celtic Norse. With several advanced degrees, he had developed successful methods of dealing with psychological trauma, thereby helping his friends to build coping mechanisms to get back to their lives fulfilled with joy and comfort. As a sworn Ofenar, his primary mission is to use his gift from Odin to help friends and family overcome their obstacles and see their way to success. Mark's easygoing personality has made him a favorite of young and old alike, and he never condemns anyone for what they believe, simply shows a way to help get through tough times. He produces a simple, simplistic message of peace and hope, ancient teachings to encourage enlightenment and empower. A modern-day practicing Ufenar sworn to Odin of Asgard, Dr. Weisman applies ancient beliefs and understanding to modern day issues. He produces a weekly message teaching the ancient ways of a long dramatic Dane heritage. It speaks to ideas of community and healing, the common psychology in this modern world. It uses years of personal experience as a spiritual counselor using the ancient lore of dramatic travelers who settled in northern Denmark. Without any further ado, here is Dr. Mark Weisman. Dr. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it is an honor to to be on the other side from you this time. Yes, I, I am excited to pick your brain. For the listeners, if they don't know, I was actually on Dr. Mark's podcast, and now he is on mine, and he has a wealth of information. I'm just uh, excited to share some time, some space with you, and more importantly, even for the listeners to grab and learn something new. So um, as my listeners know, I like to get right into things. So can you tell us, Doc, a little bit about your story, how you got into doing what you're doing today? It, it, it's a very long story, but to, to put uh, it in a fairly short context, uh, I was born this way. Um, my, uh, my mother started me on my, my journey at a very young age. I evolved and grew and learned, uh, became ordained uh, in the Christian church in 2001, uh, still was still finding holes in my beliefs, couldn't reconcile things. There were certain beliefs, fundamental beliefs that I had that I just couldn't reconcile. And I studied and I studied and I prayed and I prayed. And uh, roughly about a decade ago, um, it kind of came to me that uh, uh, there was more. I started researching my ancestry, my personal ancestry, and discovered uh, a, a deep, rich Celtic Norse past. And a lot of those, re I want to call them spiritual beliefs, as I learned more about my, my culture, they begin to fill in all those holes that I had had when I was practicing in the monotheistic church. So um, I, I just kind of started migrating that way. And uh, roughly about six years ago, um, uh, I've been a counselor now for about 25 years. So about six years ago, I had an experience where um, just a lightning strike hit me. And uh, I knew I needed to go back home to my ancestry. And uh, so I started practicing and learning and, and practicing and learning. Um, that led me to a event, a vision, as they call them, uh, in uh, 2020, just a couple of years ago, um, where I actually came face to face with uh, Odin and swore an allegiance that I would uphold the Norse ways and teach foreign cedar. And that's what I've been doing ever since. That's so cool. Can you share with people who Odin is for, for those who may not know? 
Odin. Um, Odin has a very long history for those individuals who may not know. Odin actually was a chief deity. And originally, uh, there were some rumors that he was a former Greek soldier. However, the belief in Odin traveled through the Germanic tribes as they moved north um, and would ultimately become the chief of the gods um, with the Norse beliefs. And uh, so he was considered the all-father. He still is, quite honestly. Very so, cool. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, uh, I know I know a little bit about Odin and, and a little bit of Norse uh, concepts, but it's kind of interesting how you saw gaps in your Christian, you know, going into Christianity and so forth. Very similar and parallel to my life when it came to Roman Catholicism, Italian Roman Catholicism. And, you know, studying it and doing all that I'm told to do. And then there came a point where it's like you start challenging and I call it challenging, but it was just like things that didn't make sense. You know, you find these holes and you're like, I don't get this. I don't get that. Why this? And oh, no, we can't talk about that. Or no, you you don't ask those kind of things or you don't question this. And it was just like, right. You know, you kind of start going, wait a minute here. Yep. Absolutely. And when they're and and I guess that's okay when we're learning and, we, and we're talking about more or less this, the upper level stuff. But when you question and you question in detail, those fundamental core blocks of that belief, then you have to really question, wait, am I, am I in the right room? Um, you know, <laughs> uh, did I happen to go in the wrong classroom by choice uh, or by chance? You know, and so it was those when I was struggling, I found some very, very core beliefs in um, in monotheistic uh, practices that I, I just could not reconcile. And so, yeah. So, yes, I know exactly where you're where you're going with those questions. Absolutely. <laughs> And, and so you're, you're also a shaman. Do you mind just sharing, uh, you know, what, what kind of, you know, shaman and practices you do? Um, I, I do, I quite honestly, for all intents and purposes, I, I'm a counselor, right? Um, I do do uh, rituals, uh, particularly Celtic rituals. Um, and so I participate or I lead those kind of ritualistic practices. Um, I do spiritual healing. Um, we do divination with the runes and those types of, of functions that um, I have quite a, a, a group of people that I work with, um, some of which, um, uh, a matter of fact, a large contingent of people um, that I work with every day um, have no spiritual affiliation that they claim at all. And so kind of using some of my ancient knowledge and my ancient wisdom to kind of provide some simplicity steps for folks to kind of re reorientate themselves and then grow from there. So that's what I do quite a bit. I love that. Now, I think it's, that, that's awesome work, especially being with a counselor and then all the other stuff you do. I think that's just very, uh, very powerful in many ways. What are, what are some of the things that you see when it comes to, because, you know, when you hear, I know I went through this when I was starting to learn spiritual laws and all and just spirituality and different truths and divinations and all those type of things. And uh, you start talking about them, people are like, oh, that's woo-woo stuff or that's out there stuff or that's right. that crazy talk. Um, right. How do you, how do you, you, you know, connect the dots for individuals? How do you, you break through that process? There's, there's a lot that you can look at. And what I try to draw is, is parallels, right? So as an example, I had a conversation just the other day with, with a, a very good friend of mine who has been uh, uh, part of uh, Lutheran, the Lutheran church for better part of 40 years, and very practiced, very esteemed. And we were kind of talking about spirituality. And I said, well, let's take your beliefs and contrast them if you will, against mine. And I said, firstly, I believe in two deities because I believe everything is in balance, masculine and feminine, uh, light, dark, everything is in balance, right? So for me, it makes sense that there's two deity entities, right? And, and we start talking, and of course, in the monotheistic beliefs, they believe in one God. And I said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> 
don't you believe in this this thing called the Holy Spirit, right? Because that's a, a big part of yes, yes, we do. What if you, what if we, instead of calling them God, Holy Spirit, instead of me calling them Odin and Freya, like I do, I said, okay, what are the parallels between those two entities? Okay, we have a singular masculine God who is providing for all of his people. We have a secondary entity that's capable of doing a lot of the same things, yet is more of a softer, I don't want to say submissive, but almost a, a, a side event, right? So tell me now how those are different than what I believe. And then you can, you can compare, take indigenous uh, uh, beliefs where they believe in the creator and they believe in Mother Earth. Well, if I match that up against my beliefs, which is Odin and Freya, again, we have the masculine and the feminine kind of drawing those, those parallels. So it's it, things like that that we can we can say if you had a belief in something pick something if it didn't have a label how would you describe it and when you start taking away the labels <laughs> here comes the truth the truth is they all pretty much parallel each other and it's not until you get into the practices where you have this enforced necessity of converting others which is where i kind of fall away from from most beliefs is that i don't believe that you should be forced or that there's this ritualistic uh, jump rope that one has to go through to associate with a particular belief it if it fills you and it makes you feel whole that's what you are um, and so um, in very much the same way that we saw in history, where we see, um, as an example, people who are, are part of a clan, and they just don't feel like they're part of the clan. What do they do? They leave, and they go find another clan, and they, they keep searching, and eventually they find a clan. Well, if we trace religion and religious practices back in, in antiquity, we find that they're very regionally based. So if you take as an example, my belief, which are the Celtic beliefs. In, in the Celtics, who, who or in the Celts, who started pretty much in Gaul, uh, for the most part, which is, you know, current day uh, France and Spain. And they kind of evolved and migrated all throughout Europe, eventually winding all the way down in Italy and all the way north to uh, Norway and those places. Um, the Celts kind of spread out. And yet they had the overall idea of, you know, green world, gold world, silver world, those types of main things. But then the way they individually practiced was, was very regional, right? So Druids, because that was their, their uh, religious leaders, uh, were referred to as Druids. And these Druids would have rituals, but they were very regional, right? So a Druid couldn't say they couldn't go all the way across Europe and expect to do the same thing because they would be a little different. And so when you boil it all back, you take away all these modern day labels, you're going to come back to this place where if if it feels comfortable for you and it makes sense in your head it doesn't matter what it is it really doesn't that's no longer a value it doesn't matter what label you want to attach to it the fact that you have something that feels good in your heart makes sense in your mind and that you're peacefully coexisting with others that's, that's ultimately the goal of, of all divine. I hope you've been enjoying this amazing episode. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. I work my butt off all week in my business, but I still feel stuck. So I open a beer and listen to those beer-loving cash flow guys. 
I listened to the podcast Nobody Told Me with Mike and Blaine, two other guys who've worked their butts off and have great stories about small business and beer. Nobody Told Me with Mike and Blaine has a new episode each week, so check out their website at mikeandblaine.com and buy these guys a beer. Then subscribe to the podcast, and don't let me hear you say, nobody told me. All right, information, you can find out more about this in the show notes. Make sure to check that out. But now, let's go ahead and let's get back to the show. I like the way you share that. I think it's because when you were talking about parallels and this and that and and uh, all those type of things, I was thinking... There's, there's the, you know, all that is, and then there, but there's also the feminine side, which is the physical world. You could call it Mother Earth or whatever. They usually say, like, from what my upbringing was, it was like those were the two elements: physical world is the feminine, where the male is the, or the male energy, if you want to call it. But, um, but one of the things is that you were sharing um, too that kind of hit a chord with me was when, uh, like, with Christianity, where, and I'm not bashing Christianity by any means here, guys. It's just my own standpoint for all the listeners here. But it was like when people would tell me, if you don't go help someone become a Christian, they go to hell. And I was always like, that makes no sense. And I go, maybe this doesn't have to be logical, but that right there makes no sense. Because if they don't have access to a missionary or anything like that, they're just doomed. And that's the end of their life. And they're going to hell. I was just like, no, that can't be. And it always used to rub me the wrong way. Right. And, uh, um, but it, it's a beautiful way of how you bring it. And I, and, and I really, just to tie it to what you're kind of sharing, it's one of those things where the way I always thought of it was like, you know, you're talking about the regional side of things and so forth. I said, everything is all the same. Mm-hmm. When we take away the labels, it's really the same thing to an essence. Um, it's just like food. Like why do cultures have their own food? Now there's many reasons behind exactly. it, but you get what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. You're 100% accurate. It is the same exact rationale is that, you know, when you go back in antiquity and you say, why, why would you leave a community? You know, if you were in a village and you lived in that village and you said, hmm, I want to change, right? I want to change. I want to move. And, and when you moved, you moved to be a little different than where you came from. That's why you moved. You know, whether it is you didn't feel connected to, you know, spiritually or or community wise or, you know, you wanted to uh, evolve in a different direction. Um, One of the things you also have to think about is is the difference as you migrate, as as our ancestors migrated through different places in the world. There was different diets. Right. So they would have different foods now available to them that that they may not have never known uh you think of of the uh, uh migration from the mongolian steppes um down through what is today russia and and into europe and then north to where they arrived on the seashore there on in denmark and and, and the scandinavia and all of a sudden they had the seafood well wow that's a new taste. How can we prepare that? And how do we, how do we incorporate that into our diet? And so all of these things kind of drove these different, just, and some of them are very minor, uh, you know, whether it be color, whether it be, again, applying a different label onto something. I mean, it can be something very, very uh, innocuous, but nonetheless, it was kind of how we classified things. And, and so this is um, when we talk about spirituality, particularly with spirituality, um, we really need to get away from all these labels, kind of go back to the beginning. And that's, that's where I did in my research is I kind of went back and I looked at humans evolving out of Africa uh, about 190,000 years ago, as they came across the, the uh, Asia, if if you will, you know, the diets, how did that change? And then, of course, we know, um, based on the anthropological record, that it, uh, roughly about 300,000 years ago, we developed how to cook with fire. And that was really exciting, because what that did was release a protein into the body, um, with easy digestion, we could now digest uh, more quickly this Fox P2, um, which displayed genetically. And what that does in the body is it explodes your synapses of the brain. 
right? So um, based on those records, we know at about 60,000 years ago, we began, we, anatomical modern humans, decided or came to cognitive thought. And so cognitive thought, um, one of the things that kind of drove my research and, and my analogy there is, is if we're all in a cave and, and we've just migrated out of Africa, so we're out here in the middle of nowhere and we're all in a cave. And because we know we've had the ability to create fire, our leader or, or the whoever of the tribe uh, decides to start a fire to get, you know, it's starting to get dark and cold. So we're going to chip our two rocks together into the, into the, the timber there and, and we're going to start a fire. Well, think of that vision momentarily, if we can think of what that looks like in, in a darkened cave and, and here's your, your friend or, or your, your dad or something. And, and he's striking two rocks together to get the spark to start the fire. Well, that's, that's really an interesting view. It really is. It really is an interesting view, but then take that view now, go outside the the cave tomorrow we're migrating uh further east we're going across the mongolian steppes and a lightning strike happens a lightning strike hits the ground and what's it do when it hits the ground it starts to fire right so in your mind in your very uh premature cognitive mind they're they're an identical thing because the lightning bolt looks just like uh, your, your friend striking the rock and causing that spark to fly down into the ground. So what do we think? Immediately, we're, we're consumed with this idea that there is just a really big, supersized human that's striking two rocks together to create this lightning bolt. And what, what do we have for validation? Well, right after the lightning strike, we hear the two rocks hit, right? Now, in our very premature cognitive mind, think of how you would, how would you frame that? How would you frame that vision, right? So you take dad starting the fire in the cave, you supersize it to another being of incredible size who was creating a fire using two rocks. And that, my friends, is the birth of religion and theology. That's where it starts. So um, I know that's a pretty long involved process, but if you think about cognition from that perspective, it, it comes um, you could see where theology, theism began. I, I love, I appreciate the extensiveness of this because it's, I'm like here with smiles sitting there going, that is so true on so many levels. If you just look at the Bible and when there was a plague, they said it was a damn, it was, it was because of X, Y, Z and God and all these other things. Um, because what we didn't understand at the time, we just said it was, we, we said it's something bigger than us. Right. Um, right. And it's, and it's funny. And, you know, that's where like, even the religion of oh, God's a punishing God. And that's why the Bible contradicts itself or there were, they say it's an old state, the old Bible, the, the old Testament says this, but then the new Testament showed a different type of God. And uh, it, it's one of those things where then it comes to question though, is, is, is God just a certain sense of perception from a human level of just, um, you know, understanding, uh, you know, or just from our limited, you know, cause we're talking about limited, you're talking about limited, the limitedness that we have. Um, even when it comes to like understanding when people say, why atheists be like, there's no God. And I'll say, why? Cause there is this, here's that. Why is this? And I'm like, it's kind of hard to grasp what really God is, Do you, you know, when you're to a, with our limited perspective, would you agree, agree with that? I, I would. And, and one of the things that I talked about, uh, uh, about uh, three years ago, I had a, a vision that came through one of my channeling sessions where I received this understanding of, of the creation of, and that was one of the fundamental things that drove me uh, away from Christianity was this idea that 
everyone kept talking about God just is. He always has been. He always, it's this thing, but nobody wanted to say, all right, if you have this infinite being, how do you, how, how does that start? How, how can you put those together? And one of the things that came across in my vision was if I thought about the creation and you replicated how life is created today. Think about that for a minute, because we have everyone wants to say, oh, life is biological. It, it happens because, you know, we put the seed and the seed does its thing and yada, yada, yada. But there's there's so much more to human beings that we overlook. And one of the things that I I teach and I believe and I've been taught is that within each of us, there is a spiritual entity. And that spiritual entity is then bonded to our physical self when our physical self is conceived, the moment of conception. Now, you say, well, why do you believe that? Well, I believe that because if you think about the conception process, okay, a whole bunch of DNA comes slamming together. And within instance, for us, it's decided which genes will become dominant and which ones are submissive. And we say, oh, well, the dominant ones always happen. That's not true. If it were true, then you could remove this theory, but that's not true. We know based on science that in, in some cases, you have a blonde-haired, blue-eyed child born to dark-haired, dark-eyed people who have been dark-haired, dark-eyed their whole existence for generations. And yet here is this blonde-haired, blue-eyed. It's not that mom was unfaithful. It is the fact that you have a recessive gene that during the genetics handoff, becomes dominant for some reason. Why, how could that happen? I believe that it is because our spiritual source or our spiritual self bonds with us at the moment of conception. Some of those decisions are made by your spiritual self. You become blonde-haired, blue-eyed, even though you have, at that point, really maybe no idea what that means down the road. You simply choose the submissive gene over the dominant gene. Um, in other cases, we may have a deity that intercepts and says no. And, and I see I see this in in folks who who may have defects and, and are born with a little bit more challenge. It's not that they're challenged. No, 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 no. They're being taught and they're teaching. Um, many of these people are uh, these these folks who have these these what we would consider a debilitating uh, uh, a challenge are the sweetest, most knowledgeable, most loving people there are. And if we put away our guards and put away our ego and our pride, we'll realize that and and we'll know that the deity gave the person a challenge to let them teach and to let them be. And so a lot of these decisions are made. Well, so let's keep going back just a little bit more and we'll talk momentarily about how spirits are created. Spirits are a collection of energies. So they're microscopic um, energy particles that coagulate together. And once there's established enough of this energy, they establish what's called self-awareness or consciousness it is at that moment they kind of go in line to then be uh, bonded with a physical being. Well, you say, how do you know that happens? Well, because think about it for a moment. And what if we replicated that process even further back? And we said, that's how the deity came to be. And the deities were the original energies contained within the universe, but it was a void then. It wasn't the universe, certainly, that we know now. It was a void. And these energy particles coagulated together, bonded, became self-aware, 
created a consciousness and there was nothing except these two entities in my in my beliefs there are two entities these two entities then decided because they had all the energy there is they were the collection of all the energy there is and so they said oh we'll use some of our energy and we're going to create matter and in my belief uh, they each created a piece of matter they smacked them together and they've created this universe now that kind of aligns with the big bang theory obviously um, that that many scientists speak of but i think there's so much more that they inadvertently developed that now they've learned and now they know because one of the things that came from that big bang was the very first measurement of time and space before that and to this day in the spiritual realm time and space don't exist they only exist in the physical realm things that we could at some point touch or see or feel spiritual uh, or physical realm and we know that the galaxy or the universe is still expanding at a certain rate as measured um, and then we measure the distance and the time by different things that are happening in the world such as obviously the sun going or us going around the sun I spin that around a little bit but us going around the sun and and things happening throughout the day we break it down into minutes and seconds and whatnot but that measurement of time was established when we when the deities created the physical plane if you will of existence and that's the universe that we know they created other entities because now they knew the blueprint they knew how to create other spiritual entities now the thing that was lacking and this is where i think the physical plane comes into play is that all of the knowledge and all of existence resigned with these uh, um, or resided rather with these and with these spiritual entities except for one piece of knowledge that you couldn't gain that way and that's emotion how do we feel so we needed this physical body because the physical body provides two things a it provides the genetic construct of who you are but b just as importantly if not more so sometimes is your chemical composition and those two things form together to interrupt and i'll use that word interrupt physical sensory input from your physical senses to your brain as an example the way we see this every day is five people witness a car crash five different stories as to what they saw what they heard what they smelled they're going to all see it different why because they're all looking at the event through their own chemistry their own filters and so um, this is kind of you can start seeing where the pieces start falling into place that immediately connects what we know to be spirituality to what we know to be uh, man's discovery of science if you will so i know that's pretty long and drawn out <laughs> no but you get the whole backstory with it right because a lot of times that was the one question in my journey when i started to understand the soul and this and that and doing all my research on it and then it was like all right then why why was this why were we all created in the first place and why why did where how did god and the essence of the two and all whatever it may be how the heck did that happen? And you are one of the few that have ever um, that say it in that way where it's like, you know, they, they were it was just the void and the energy became what it was. And then all of a sudden it was like then they started to create from there uh, and so much more. And, and I just love that uh, elaboration uh, for that, even for the listeners. And the good news is, is and, and the reason you are the way you are and the reason we make this journey, this physical journey is because now think about it when you pass when you leave your physical body behind it you will return to the spiritual realm you will depart your body but you're not gone you're just departing from your physical 
body. And so we depart from our physical senses and the chemistry that messes up all of our thoughts. We leave those behind. We keep our aura and we will go into the spiritual realm where we now have to close our eyes, close our ears, close our mouth, close our nose, stick our hands in our pockets and be able to feel our descendants as they have their struggles here on the physical plane. And we are going to be empathetic to them and offer them knowledge and wisdom to help them become successful. We want them to be more successful than we are, right? That's the idea of a descendant. And so as we are going through our lives, we are on an emotional educational tour to finally to arrive at what we call the empathetic state. And the empathetic state says, without your physical senses, feel and help other people. Love that. And so, yeah. So that's, that's, your, that's your reason. And so why am I here? You're here to learn. You're here to learn interactivity. You're here to learn how to feel. You're here to learn how to change your feelings about something. A lot of us get stuck in our ways and we say, no, that's bad. That's bad. And we keep pounding on the desk when in fact it's not. It's just our perspective is seeing it as bad. And so we need to have learn the skill of changing our perspective. Yeah, I love that. And when you get, I think everything is perspective at the end of the day, because it's one of those things that you, like you're saying, an event happens, five different stories, they see it through the lens of their own eyes and those kind of things. But the one thing that you mentioned the most that I really love is because some people say, well, why am I here? You just said it. We're here to learn. Right. And I've also heard another way of it too. Like somebody was saying, well, we're here to learn, but then sometimes we're here to just have an experience. And I'm like, well, if you have an experience that is learning because you're gaining something from it. And, and some of them like, right. no, it's an experience. And then there's a learning reason. I was like, we can go back and forth all day long. I said, at the end of the day, we're both saying the same thing. Um, but well, you re- are. And, and, oh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'd love to hear more about what you have to say. <laughs> well, what I was going to say in, in, in some of those discussions, you could say, um, you know, when you were born, um, you, your brain is a black box. It is a taped shut black box. Nothing goes in, nothing comes out. It is the way it is. And then as your body forms in pre-birth, right, we develop sensory input, right? And so we're going to take our box and we're going to insert five hoses into the box, okay? Five hoses are your sight, your hearing, your smell, taste, feeling, your, your, your actual touch, right? So those are your five hoses that go into this box. Everything you will ever know comes through one of those five hoses. Everything you will ever know, everything you will ever experience, everything that you will ever, even the things that we guess come through those hoses. And what I like to say is, if you continue the analogy, is those hoses now are filled with your chemistry, your hormones, your genetics, those hoses. So some of them may be clogged. Some of them may be uh, impassable sometimes, you know, depending on how they're flexing and all the, all the pieces of your current state of mind is how easy those hoses are to use. Because we know, as an example, we know that um, my, my favorite f- phrase is blind rage. So we get so angry, so, so pent up, so much emotion that that chemistry then blocks our vision tube. And so we struggle with that, right? Um, in some cases, some people may say, oh, selective hearing. Same thing applies. We're, we're applying some filtering to those hoses that will prevent us from hearing certain things. And so 
those hoses and your black box, when we talk about, even if we do something for pleasure, we read uh, a book, uh, a favorite book, and it's a wonderful book with wonderful experiences in it. And, and, but all of that, we have the vision, right? Because we're reading the book. And then we have our intellect is kind of spinning things around and it's processing to uh, relate all of these things to all of these other things. Um, but you're right. To back to your point, your original point, which is to say, everything you do is learned. Everything is an experience and it's learned at the same time. They're, they're not, uh, they're not independent. They're, they're part, part and parcel together. I love that. Doc, I can, I can talk to you all day with, with your wisdom and knowledge and just the depth. And, uh, you know, it's rare to find some people who can just hit at that level uh, because it's sometimes uh, some people just get too out there and there's nothing wrong with being getting too out there, but it's like that what I mean by too out there is there's not a groundingness to what they're saying or connectionist or the science or, you know, you can, you can any use any labels of those and uh, you, you definitely come with that presence. So um, I greatly appreciate that. How can people find you, connect with you, all the work that you do and just everything in general? How can they, how can they connect with you? The, the, I, I would suspect the main way to get to me and, and read about me uh, is our webpage, uh, which, uh, as you know, HTTPS colon slash slash AKULFHEFNAR.com. And that's spelled AK for Alaska because that's where I live. Ulf is U-L-F, as in Frank, H-E-D-N-A-R.com. There they can can ask questions. They can read about some of my studies. They can read about some of the uh, weekly shows and and or our daily shows. We we do do a daily uh, um, discussion uh, on the Wisdom app, and that goes out as a podcast as well. All the studies are there. Um, all kinds of information, primarily around being Norse and being Celtic, obviously. Um, um, they can also get to my practice uh, as uh, a shaman. Part of my, I would say, uh, a large majority of my practice is providing uh, uh, psychological care for particularly uh, focused on returning veterans of combat assignments. But I've, I've worked with folks who... Uh, have uh, uh, other severe psychological trauma as well, and uh, working getting them the the tools they need to be successful and happy in life. Um, so lots of things for there. I've also uh, I have uh, uh, been certified by uh, a, a group in Australia uh, to do Reiki, which is spiritual healing using the chakras controlling the energy from our spiritual realm through our body to provide uh, our own our own healing. So um, all of those services are available on the website. They can get to me there. Um, in the meantime, they can always check out the podcast, Alaska Ulf Hefnar. Uh, it's a weekly show produced every Sunday morning, uh, roughly nine o'clock. It's on Apple, Spotify, all those other ones. Um, uh, they can also find our daily podcast, which is actually put out kind of on the same platforms, Apple, Spotify, all those different ones. Um, And that's the Alaska Hefnar Wisdom Circle. And essentially the Wisdom Circle, we simply hone down on um, what was discussed the previous week. Uh, I invite uh, the public uh, through the Wisdom app to come and join our discussion and and talk about how the, the that week's lesson kind of applies to them and what they can uh, support. I'm always, as you know, from our last discussion, um, I talk about the puddle and uh, it is, it is one of my corner, just my cornerstone philosophy in life. And, and that is, you know, to help me see the entirety of the puddle. Uh, I, I love hearing from other people and other points of view, um, you know, and, and getting, gaining that additional perspective. Um, in addition, I like seeing things from another perspective through another person's eyes. 
and and that gives me the ability to really explore um, the the world that we live in and you know, the world we call home. And that's something I have a lot of respect for you for because some people just get stuck in a certain way and that's it. And you're like, I welcome all so I can learn, especially in different perspectives and all the things that come with that. So um, just greatly appreciate the work again, you and the work you do and and just taking the time to share with us uh, the wonderful wisdom that you did. Appreciate that so much, Doc. Well, I, I really appreciate you. And, and uh, as I've been mentioning before, and, and I know I told you is what's really wonderful is this adventure that many are taking outside of what has been mainstream uh, up till now, this, this journey that people are beginning to expand to spirituality and, and your take. Um, I loved our conversation before where we took spirituality and we made that scientific connection because that means to me that I'm not the only one. There are others out there who are saying, wow, you know, here's, here's this, this thing that no one has ever talked about. It's always been taboo or it's always been bad curse words, this, that, and the other thing. And it's not, it's the rest of our existence. And so it's people like you, my friend, who, who are bringing it to the forefront and are putting it in front of people and letting people expand their their perceptions and their understanding so i i thank you too (laughs) i appreciate that so much brother much love to you on that thanks for tuning into the podcast if you found this episode to be inspirational pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this if this is your first time tuning in please follow us connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode and until next time keep rocking and rolling Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us, so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.